This is Meatless, a podcast about eating from how we get to next. I'm Alicia Kennedy, a food and drink writer. I'll be having conversations with chefs, writers, and more about how their personal and political beliefs determine whether or not they eat meat. The show asks the question, how do identity, culture, economics, and history affect a diet? In this episode, I talk to Amy Kishis of Veggie Mijas, a national women of color vegan collective. We discuss why she went vegan, the need for community, and how she convinced her parents to quit meat and dairy. Tell me about where you grew up and what you ate. Yeah, so I grew up in Jackson Heights, which is a predominantly Colombian neighborhood. So I'm Colombian and Peruvian. Um, And growing up there, I ate a lot of Colombian food, which meant a lot of meat. And then Peruvian food, which meant a lot of seafood. Um, And growing up, I always felt like I always knew it was kind of wrong but everyone around me ate it so normally so it was just culture I guess um and yeah but I think that you know most of our foods uh can be vegan so you know at the end of the day it was like beans and rice (laughs) with some platanos so it wasn't always meat and my parents didn't always cook so much meat either it was mostly when we ate outside as well right so when did you become vegan I became vegan my first year of college. Um, I had friends that were vegans, vegans of color, and they were like, Amy, if you're all about feminism, because I was like the women's and gender studies like person, um, they would be like, you have to stop eating meat. So I was like, okay, like, I don't know how those things correlate, but sure. So then I started watching Earthlings and I was traumatized. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, like, how can we do this to these creatures? Like, they're literally us. Like, Mm -hmm. how can we hurt them in this way? And I literally stopped eating eating meat or animal products because of the animals. Um, Later then to find out by reading Sister Vegan and Sexual Politics of Me and just seeing so much um, violence of cycles of violence, not only because of the animals, but because of the people that work in the farm factories and everything of that. I was like, okay, this is like a more serious reason of why to be vegan and like why everyone should care. Not that speciesism doesn't matter, but I feel like there's so much more reasons that people don't know as well. Absolutely. And what was the reaction like from your your family, from, from the people in your life who weren't pushing you to be vegan? Yeah. So at first, everyone's like, oh, my God, what happened? You came back gay and vegan. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Um, and they were so surprised. They didn't know, like, what was going on. Um, and then I go inside the house and I remember taking out all the dairy products out, taking out all the meat. And my mom's like, what's happening? Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, we're replacing all of this. We're going to be fine. So then we go to the supermarket and I literally replaced every single thing. Um, and then my parents were like, whoa, like we didn't even know these things existed. And they got really excited as well and started telling all of their friends, like, why it was important to be vegan. And ever since then, my parents don't buy meat in the house. 
Um, and we only buy vegan products as well. And my mom is so open uh, to learning now because I feel like I always say this, like everyone thinks that veganism is very limiting, but it's actually like a whole new world to explore. Like my mom now, she's like, look at this vegan cheese I tried or like, look at this vegan mayo that I just found. Um, and she's so willing to explore and learn new recipes um, that that involves uh, veganism as well. And I think that it's been really eye-opening for my parents. Right. And can you talk more about how veganism uh, is intersectional, like how how it works with feminism or how it works with any other marginalized identity? Yeah, of course. Um, I believe that veganism intersects with every ism possible um because of the way that we view um the workers like when we think about how our products are being uh done we usually you know a lot of people say like oh it's cruelty free but nothing is really cruelty free because of the people that are working against it so when i think about farm factories i think about all the immigrant and brown folks that are working in the farm factories and they're, they're kind of stuck there or else like they'll be deported if they're not working there. Um, And they, you know, it's not normal to kill animals every day. Like they're obviously going to have some kind of trauma of doing that. And then while that bringing that to the home and, you know, then that becomes a cycle of domestic violence in their home. Like that's one way of looking at it. Um, Another way of looking at it is just like environmentalism, right? And how, Uh, We use all of these products and these products are like cutting trees to like grow more animals and like how that's affecting people in the Amazons and the animals in the Amazons. Like, I feel like it just affects everyone, especially when we're thinking about where the animals are being grown, where the, you know, all the poop of the animals is going. (laughs) Where is that going? It's not going anywhere safe, right? It's going actually to the people that are like living, like the POC folks that are, that are, Uh, living around that area and it's affecting their health um so when I'm eating I'm not just thinking about the animals but I'm thinking about the whole process of like what it took for my plate to be there um and I think that if we look at it through that lens I feel like more people can resonate because you know if you're fighting for social justice but you're still eating meat like like where where does your social justice lie Right, right, right. And so what inspired you to start Veggie Mijas? Um, What inspired me to start Veggie Mijas was after college, I didn't have that many vegan friends. I was like, everyone's eating meat around (laughs) me and I wasn't feeling that inspired. Um, So I was like, I need to make a group of friends, but maybe not just me. Maybe other people need friends too. Um, So I started Veggie Mijas through that, through Instagram just to like learn more recipes um, and to get feedback from other people. But then it started to be this whole collective of people wanting to do events, people wanting to like grow chapters in other cities. And Oakland was the first one to be like, I we need a chapter here. So we started with Oakland. I was feeling it out and they were doing amazing. They're still doing amazing um, that now we have like nine chapters opened and we're still continuing to open. We're opening, we're opened in Chicago and Miami in like Boston area in LA, Oakland, um, Orange County. And now we're opening like in St. Missouri where I never knew, <laughs> like I was never going to go there, <laughs> but maybe one day I will. Um, and 
you know, seeing the vegan community grow around folks of color is so important to me that I'm just so grateful that it's growing the way it is. And so what was that evolution like, like for, and did you anticipate it becoming like that much work? Did you, do you have like a process for people starting chapters and how did you create all that? Yeah. So I didn't anticipate it at all. I remember the first person that I spoke to in New York, um, it's so funny because my my girlfriend, she also does, she's also creative. And I remember being on the phone with somebody and I was like, oh, I just want to do like an event, a potluck here in New York City. And she was like, for what? Like, what's the mission? Like, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be a part of this. Like, this is not. And I was like, I hung up. I was like, bye. Like, I don't need people like that to like, you know, you need people that inspire you around you and you can't let negative people around you. So I was like, after that, I was like, you know what? This is going to grow. Like, this is going to be a big thing. Like, we're going to make this happen. And I feel like at the end, like in the beginning, it didn't, it didn't, you know, I didn't want it to be that, but then it just started growing with more people that wanted to do things. So I think it takes a group, you know, it takes a group to be like, I believe in you. And this is going to be something that, you know, a lot of people are going to want to be a part of. Um, so when, you know, when I had the the good amount of people that did want to do something. We were like, let's start a starter pack. Um, my friend Ruby that's in Orange County was like, I'm going to do name tags. And now the name tags like work when people are like doing workshops and they have their names, like literally just every little detail. Like it wasn't just me. Like it was the people that believed in me and that believed in Veggie Mija. So now, you know, I get on the phone and I start doing check-ins. Um, I get on the phone with people that want to start doing chapters and, you know, express what Veggie Mijas is and what our mission is um, and how, like, you know, how much events do we want throughout the year and things like that. Um, but I think it really does take people to work with. Yeah. Absolutely. And how do you, do you have like a cohesive kind of political philosophy that, that, that every chapter has. I know you're, you, you know, you both note like environmental justice and animal mm -hmm. liberation. And how do you keep everyone kind of on the same page mm -hmm. if that's even desirable? Mm -hmm. uh, like, or does, do chapters kind of have push you in other directions or anything mm -hmm. like that? Um, I think it's, it's a constant conversation. Um, and it takes a lot of work to have these conversations with people. Um, you know, because we learn from each other and I'm um, not to say that these are all like my rules, like my guidelines. Um, but you know, we feed off of, off of one another. So if another person like really cares about environmentalism, like in Miami, they're going to have an event about like cleaning the beach and how important that is for veganism. And I'm like, great. Like you have beaches over there, like go yeah. do that, you know? So it really depends on like what people are inspired of, like what people really care about. And everyone has a space for that in Veggie Mijas. If you care about, you know, zero waste lifestyle, like you can have your own segment and talk about that. And it's really about giving each other the space um, to grow and to learn from one another. And in terms of the guidelines, like I know that I know that a lot of people believe in different things, but that's why we have conversations about it. Um, and if something comes up like in the field <laughs> that we're saying, um, we're gonna have we're gonna collect these questions and come back to our group and be like, what do we say when a person is saying this? Um, that way we're all on the same page. Yeah, I noticed that you have, there is a no waste event in Philadelphia coming yeah. up and that it's 
going to take place at kind of an anarchist space. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's always really interesting to think of, does veganism have an inherent politics? And is that close to probably anarchism? (laughs) And so, like, what are your thoughts on that? Definitely, definitely. (laughs) Um, I feel like I always think about what does the revolution mean? And if the revolution means that, you know, we're going to fight for our rights and at the end of the day we win, so then how are we going to survive? Do we have the tools to survive? Do we know how to grow our food? Do we know what kind of herbs are like in the ground? Do we know what's poisonous or not? I don't know. These little things that literally connect to veganism and how we're going to grow our own food and, you know, base base our own surviving through the land. Like we are always um, depending on other people, right? And I feel like that is definitely the like a thing of anarchism. Like Angela Davis, she's like, I don't understand why people are not vegan because at the end of the day, it, the people that view animals um, as something to eat, that means like we're viewing them as products and that falls into the consumerist act of like us, you know, not viewing animals as equal or just, you know, falling into the productions by the means of productions kind of thing. Um, And I feel like that's completely 100% right. Like we can't live in a world where we're fighting for social justice while viewing animals as less than others. Right. And so how how do you see kind of a decolonized food system? Do you see that? What does that look like to you? Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, you know, once I, once I became vegan, I obviously was like really into fake meats, you know, to transition and stuff. And I still love my fake chicken nuggets here and there. (laughs) Um, but I really try to like keep a plant-based diet, which is a plant-based lifestyle instead of, um, you know, just vegan because vegan could be like everything, yeah. like fake meats and everything. Um, but if we focus on a plant-based lifestyle, I feel like it connects to your roots. It definitely connects to your roots. Before colonization, we didn't have the meats that we're eating now mass produ- mass produced. Um, and if we did have meat, it was done in a different way, right? But most, uh, like a lot of indigenous cultures, we don't have meats, like regularly like that. Um, and I feel like if we do focus on decolonizing our diet or our lifestyle, like what does that look like? It looks like going back to our ancestral roots. So for me, like it's been a mission, like entirely, like I just found out there was like a 300 something Peruvian potatoes. Like, and I'm like, I've literally only had like three, (laughs) like that's literally part of it, you know? Um, and finding out what your parents used to eat and your great parents used to eat, um, when they didn't have me and how like, it's just been a whole completely like ride for me, a whole complete ride for me. Because I remember when I first turned vegan, um, I brought quinoa to the house And my dad just laughed at me. And I was like, why are you laughing? (laughs) And he was like, I used to eat this when I was poor. And my mom used to just cut uh, apples in it. And we would just eat it when we had nothing else to eat. And I'm like, damn. And now quinoa's being sold like so much money. And everyone's hyping it up. Like all the hipsters, like they're all eating quinoa. Meanwhile, it's literally like poor food in Peru, right? Um, So I feel like the way that decolonizing your lifestyle is literally just going back to your roots, asking a lot of questions um, and asking where your food came from as well. Yeah. I think a lot of people use that 
that aspect of quinoa to discredit veganism and, mm-hmm. and to claim that it is always stealing and never looking at, you know, the cultures where it the food comes from, that it's making staples and making expensive. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of thinking about this today because Jay-Z and Beyonce announced that they would like everyone to go vegan. Mm-hmm. And immediately, of course, on Twitter, people were like, do they, do you know how inaccessible veganism is? Blah, blah, blah. So what is your response to that? Because I'm sure you hear that a lot. Like, oh, veganism yeah. is just for rich people. Like it's a lot of, you know, pricey quinoa that's, yeah. you know, ruined conditions for farmers in South America, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what is, what is your response to veganism is for the rich? Yeah. So I think that, I think that when we view veganism is for the rich, that kind of concept, I feel like most, most people think that it's just eating fake meats and fake, you know, like replaceables kind of things. And, but when you're eating a plant-based lifestyle, it's completely different. Um, and I've asked my parents this because my parents are the ones that do, uh, the shopping and stuff. And they're like, it's so much cheaper, like to have a vegan lifestyle, um, because the meats are so expensive. Like we don't think about how the meats are expensive or how, you know, the milk is expensive. Um, and then it comes out the same. Like if you're having plant-based lifestyle and, you know, your regular meat uh, style, depending how much meat you eat. (laughs) Come on, people. (laughs) You don't need that much meat. Um, But yeah, I think it's the same. And it's also like, what, like, how much did white people tell you in order for you to believe that, you know? Because at the end of the day, if we're going back to our roots, yet you're having that kind of concept, like, how much did white people take from you? Right. At the end of the day, how much did white people brainwash you to tell you that it's it's expensive and you can't have it? You out of all people can't have it. Um, And I know that there's many stories out there um, like vegans on a budget. And there's so many videos about how people, you know, with food stamps and like all of these resources that they can have, you know, just their regular beans and rice with platanos and create new ideas and I think like that's the lack of it not having the dishes that they can make with veganism um and you know even the word veganism people are scared of the word veganism that's why I mostly say plant-based because you know it's it's easier for people to grasp you know uh because white folks have made veganism inaccessible um so I think that it's just questioning your, where your food can come from and how, like, who's made you think that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And are your studies right now, because you're in grad school mm-hmm. at NYU, and does that have anything to do with veganism or with your work with Veggie Mijas? Actually, no, but it can. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I feel like like veganism can go with everything. So I studied at Syracuse University, uh, Women's and Gender Studies and Sociology, um, and now looking at it, maybe one day I can teach about domestic violence or have domestic violence workshops, anti-domestic violence workshops in like farm factories or something like that. You know, um, it can all always inter intersect. I don't think that I can never say like it doesn't. Um, but what I'm studying and NY- what I'm going to study in NYU is global affairs, meaning, um, international policies, uh, throughout the world and really focusing on nonprofit work. Yeah. Cool. So you mentioned a couple of books earlier, Sister Vegan and Sexual Politics of Me, mm-hmm. which are both like canonical Amazing. vegan yeah. books. Yeah. Are there any other like books or like movies or anything that's really influenced your, your journey in veganism? 
Mm, no, I would say those are the only two. But however, um, I do have a list on Veggie Mijas, the website. Uh, it's veggiemijas.format.com. And there is resources of a bunch of books that people can read. I'm currently in the mission of buying Farming While Black. I've heard it's amazing. So I'm definitely going to buy it. Um, I think it is really important to read stories focusing on black and brown folks. Uh, just because, um, you know, we don't hear those kinds of stories. So I definitely want to get into that. Awesome. So to you, uh, is cooking itself a political act? Yes. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, I cook mostly just with my girlfriend. <laughs> I feel like I can't cook alone. I don't know. It's so weird. Everyone's <laughs> always teasing me like, oh, you're veggie me ass, but you can never cook alone. Like, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't like cooking alone. I feel like we're mostly like, it's all about community to me. And I feel like it's so beautiful cooking um, with other people, especially people that you love because food really connects people. Like, of course, like so many potlucks, so many of these events are food based and so many people come together. And I think that's so beautiful. And I think that food really is a revolutionary act. Cool. So we're kind of right now a day into 2019. What is your like goal for Veggie Mijas for this year? Mm -hmm. um, I think my goal is just for people to get together and make community out of it. I think that um, I don't expect anything more. And if something more happens, like that's great. Um, but I'll always remain, I'll always remain to the, to the mission of Edgy Mijas, which is really just people connecting. Like I've heard so many stories like here in Veggie Mijas where like two people meet and they're instantly best friends and like they go to J Balvin concerts and like <laughs> get ratchet together at like, like, you know, so it's like, it's literally making friendships out of food. And I think that's all I want for veggies. Thank you so much, Amy. Yeah, thank you.